Welcome to the Power of Food podcast. We are so excited to bring you evidence-based nutrition information focusing on addressing the root cause for imbalance. Food has the power to help you achieve lifelong optimal health without the side effects of prescription medication. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, or any other podcast platform. I am Stacy Seslowski, Functional Nutrition Registered Dietitian. And I am Leah Grace Barrick, Functional Nutritionist. Hey guys, let's bust some myths together. So my number one myth buster is that salt, eating high amounts of salt is not the root cause of high blood pressure. In fact, it's often more related to not eating enough potassium. So if you have high blood pressure and you are trying to look at dietary changes to make to improve blood pressure, it is oftentimes more related to not getting enough potassium than it is related to eating too much salt. So what I recommend is finding foods that are high in potassium and really emphasizing those foods in your diet. Things like all fruits and vegetables, but especially bananas and kiwi and potatoes are especially high in potassium. So search for foods that are high in potassium and emphasize adding those into your diet versus focusing all on reducing your salt intake. Now, of course, I recommend looking at your packaged and you know pre-prepared foods and looking at that sodium level because oftentimes those sodium levels in pre-packaged and prepared processed foods are especially high. And not to mention the fact that those foods contain other chemicals and compounds that are not healthy for our bodies. However, you don't have to focus as much on lowering your, just sprinkling some salt to taste your food. That's okay. Just focus on adding more potassium to your diet and possibly cutting out some of those, um, actually for sure, cutting out processed and prepackaged foods. So it's not necessarily the high salt intake that is causing your high blood pressure. It is likely more of an issue that you're not getting enough of the good foods like high potassium and fiber and things like that. Number That was number one. Number two, myth buster is that eating cholesterol is not what raises your blood cholesterol levels. So there is not a direct relationship with your dietary cholesterol and your blood cholesterol. Actually, your blood cholesterol is more related to underlying inflammation and possibly too much of processed foods and saturated fats, but not necessarily the cholesterol that you find in foods like eggs and seafood, although seafood is not kosher, so some people here won't be even eating those anyway, but, um, but your blood cholesterol is not directly related to your cholesterol intake. Um, and 
And the, uh, I wanted to mention one other thing about that. Oh, and that is exactly why several years ago there had been um, recommendations about, from the FDA and the USDA that, um, that we should be limiting our intake of eggs. And because of the science that we have now, that we realize that it is not, you know, the problem of eating cholesterol is that what raises our blood cholesterol, those recommendations have now been taken away. And you can eat eggs as often as you'd like. They're actually especially healthy for you. They are high in something called choline, which is very healthy for our brains um, and many of the functions that take place in our bodies. So. Number two myth buster is eating dietary cholesterol is not related to your blood cholesterol. Number three, this is a good one. So for many, many years, we've been following those recommendations that told us eat six small meals a day versus eating three bigger meals because the more we keep our metabolism going, the more we you know, can burn calories and all of that. Now, we are learning it is the exact opposite. That was not good recommendation. <laughs> so, um, and let's think back. So the human race began at a time when the people had to search for food and when they found their food, they had a great big meal and then they knew that they weren't gonna be eating for quite a long time before the next time that they found food. So our metabolism was set up already in that um, sort of method where, that, where um, your metabolism was able to sort of take in the food that you eat at one time and then hold on to it for a long time till the next time that you ate. Now that we live in a an, in an, in time where food is so easily accessible and it's around us all the time, now we're all of a sudden where our body is normally ready to wait a really long time till the next time we eat, all of a sudden we are feeding it constantly, constantly, and our bodies do not know how to handle all of those continuous meals all the time. Our body is set up to hold on to food and wait for several hours at least till the next time we eat. And when we follow that scenario, our bodies have the opportunity to fully digest food and to better control blood sugar and to burn fat and you know, parts of our bodies for fuel. When we continuously eat, our body does not have the opportunity to do that. It doesn't have the opportunity to fully digest food or control blood sugar or to burn fat for fuel. So instead, fat gets stored, blood sugar goes up, and our metabolism is sort of all up in array. <laughs> um, and so the best way to handle this is to not eat six small meals throughout the day, to have several hours in between your meals for your body to have that digestion that I just explained, and then several hours over the night where you're fasting. Um, so I do recommend about up to five hours between meals and no snacking in between those times, and then 10 to 12 hours over the night where you're not eating anything. Okay, so number three um, myth buster was we do, it is better to have times, several hours between meals versus eating six small meals throughout the day. Um, number four, moving right along, is that potatoes, white potatoes, 
and white rice are healthy for us. Yes, this is a good one. <laughs> um, so we've heard for so long that, you know, we should maybe cut out potatoes and we should only have sweet potatoes and, you know, these foods raise our blood sugar and so these foods are actually very high in a compound called resistant starch, which I talk about all the time because it's one of my favorite nutrients. It feeds the good bacteria in your gut and that we always wanna do. We always wanna feed this ecosystem that is residing in our bodies that is actually more in control of us than we realize. Um, but feeding those bacteria is a huge benefit to your health and potatoes and rice, even white rice, whatever kind of rice you want, um, it builds resistant starch. It even produces those compounds more so when you cook the food and let it cool. So very healthy to eat leftovers of these foods. And the most important thing, if you are worried about blood sugar control, is to eat these foods in combination with protein and fat. Don't eat them on an empty stomach where it's the only food you're getting because when you only eat carbohydrates all by themselves, it does trigger that insulin response a little bit more so than when you combine it with fat and protein. So eat it as part of a healthy meal. Even better if you can eat it after it's been cooled and yes, you can warm it up again. But that cooling process is when the resistance starts really forms. So healthy if you want to have cook in advance and have leftovers. It makes our lives easier as well. Okay, we are up to five. Five is also interesting. This is the idea that taking calcium supplements is not necessarily what you need if you want to build your bones. So calcium, yes, it is part of our bones and it is important that we do eat sources of calcium in our diet. However, what we're learning is that we have the calcium in our body. What we need to do is tell your body to move the calcium into your bones instead of being used in other places where sometimes having calcium in our arteries causes heart attacks. So it's not that we don't have enough calcium all the time, it's that the calcium is not actually going to the right place in our body. And what we need to move the calcium into our bones is vitamin D along with vitamin K, um, magnesium, so eating fiber. So there's many other factors involved in having strong, healthy bones, hormone balance, not necessarily loading us up with these calcium supplements because sometimes if the calcium goes to the wrong place, it could hurt our arteries and our heart. So this is another one that I know everybody loads up on those calcium supplements, but please seek out the advice of a healthcare professional to really learn what your body needs to strengthen your bones. Okay, two more to go. Um, number six is that Losing weight is not all about calories in, calories out. It is not. I mean, you will search social media and you will find people screaming and arguing that this is the only answer and as long as you're counting your calories and exercising, then you, you can lose the weight because you have the numbers right there. And this is just, 
simply not true. You can see how passionate I get about this because there are so many other underlying causes to why somebody would not be able to lose weight. Um, you can cut your calories to almost nothing and you can still struggle with weight loss because if there is an underlying inflammation, hormone imbalance, emotional imbalance, there are just so many other reasons that you know, that have, that are um, involved in weight loss. So please don't think that it is just calories in, calories out, and it's just as easy as that number. Um, and then the last one is um, when you go to the store and you see meats that are advertised as hormone-free or antibiotic-free, this is just a marketing ploy. And I'll tell you why, because in the United States, using hormones and antibiotics in our on to feed our to treat our animals is it's illegal if you do it you can't use that meat to sell in the store to people so all of our meats are hormone and antibiotic free they are only putting it on the label to sort of make you think that you're getting something that's a little bit more healthy but it's not the case if you do want to buy higher quality meats that are anti-inflammatory versus inflammatory, then look for meats that are grass-fed and grass-finished. Um, these are the you know animal proteins that coming from animals that have been caged-free and allowed to roam freely and fed really healthy foods. And those animal proteins are high in omega-3 fatty acids, which is the healthy anti-inflammatory um, fatty acid that we eat versus animals that are fed grains and are caged and are stressed. That means that their meat is going to be higher in omega-6 fatty acid, which is the inflammatory fatty acid. So we really do want to make some of those healthier options and choices. Um, if I, I realize it's more expensive. I definitely understand that. So what we can do is choose the grass-fed and grass-finished uh, less expensive cuts of meat like stew meat and chuck and you know meats that are, are a little less expensive and we can um, you know let them spread out a little bit longer we don't have to eat you know eight nine ounces of protein at a, at a sitting you know try to keep it to four to five even four ounces sometimes even three ounces is just enough and then fill your plate up with tons of fruits and vegetables and some of that resistant starch that I talk about. Um, but treat that animal protein as something that you're really grateful for, something that is a special, you know, part of our plate. Choose the, um, you know, less expensive cuts, but I do recommend seeking out those higher quality meats. So that you go, there you go. Those are seven myths that we just busted about eating salt eating cholesterol, um, six small meals versus spreading your meals out, your resistant starch sources, potatoes and rice are good for you, calcium and bones, it's not necessarily the only answer or the right answer, um, calories in, calories out, not true, and finally, choosing grass-fed, grass-finished meats, don't concern yourself with the labels that say hormone and antibiotic free. So I hope that those were interesting to you for this week, and I look forward to next time. Have a good week, everybody. See you later.